Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tech Nubians, where we are the Nubians that talk about video games, technology, and other nerd stuff that everybody else wants to talk about. They can't talk about it like us. Uh, <laughs> I have my lovely host here. I have Cherie. Hey, everyone. My name is Cherie Bryant. Uh, I worked in gaming for about 12 years. I'm working currently as a director of program management at a local tech company and uh, co uh, co uh, uh, chair of DEI. Shanae. Hey y'all, Shanae Bryant. Uh, Sheree Bryant's my twin sister. I've been in the game industry for almost 20 years. Worked at a lot of different places. Um, four and a half years at Capcom. I was a Mega Man producer. I was a Devil May Cry producer. I also do a lot of stuff in DEI with uh, women in games and black in gaming. Nice to meet everybody. Leon Pryor. Hello, everybody. My name is Leon Pryor. Uh, worked in games for uh, about 16 years, uh, mostly Microsoft and the Xbox group. Currently, I work for a technology company out of Detroit, and I've co-founded a STEM organization called the Motor City Alliance, which helps uh, youths with first robotics. And we have Travis Williams. Hi, I'm Travis. I'm a game producer designer, uh, ex-tabletop RPG designer, and class clown. <laughs> is that the official it's title? My, and Sinead's my twin uh, sister as well. <laughs> see, people believe that now. <laughs> I can see how y'all look alike. Y'all are definitely it, you twins. You see it. Y'all okay. are definitely twins. Yeah, no doubt. Um, first up, let's get into some heavy news. Let's start it off because we've been talking about this on the network for a while, on the Geekish Network, and everybody knows we've been talking about this for a while. Um, the Asian American incident in Atlanta, Georgia, where a, a, a white male went to three different salons and, and parlors, massage parlors, and, sh and shot and killed, uh, shot and killed eight women. Um, first of all, we stand here as allies to the Asian American community and the Asian community, the in the Pacific Islander community, and we know where this initially came from was just a long string of hate from the United States government for a long time. And our current and our previous president actually uh, spewing up more hate with his reaction and his activities with the uh, coronavirus COVID-19. Uh, does anybody on the panel want to talk about this in more detail and how we stand with the Asian American community? I mean, I, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to... You know, this is this is this is really rough. Uh, you know, because I have I have Asian people in my family. Uh, you know, I you know some of my really great lifelong friends. You know, are 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 Asian, and um, it hits home. It 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 hits home because well, first and foremost, because it's just stupid, right? I mean, it is. I mean. It's 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 stupid. It's short-sighted. It's racist, um, and it shouldn't be tolerated. And I, you know, and I, you know, when I posted on my social, I said, whenever I, whenever I talk about racism, you know, they they got my back, right? And so, I I, I could do no less, and, and and people shouldn't ignore it. They 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 and and, and they shouldn't. Um, you know, just think this is this is just going to go away because it's because it's just not, and uh, and, and unless people actually speak up, it's it's never going to go away. 
Yeah, you know, um, uh, Trevor Noah had a, a really um, thoughtful and, and, and great statement on this just recently too um, that talked about, we saw this coming. Like one of the things that America uh, is really great at and love this country, but one of the things we're really great at is pretending that something's new. <laughs> is pretending that it's like man how did this how does this keep happening how does all this gun violence keep happening how does this you know anti-asian american hate keep happening how do these racist attacks these sexist attacks like how does this keep happening and it's like guys it's never not been happening that's the thing and i think that you know uh this global pandemic like covid (laughs) this global pandemic has sort of opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact that this is now, it's not just like a thing that we have spite. It, it's a, it's every day. This is a common thing. Like your black and brown folks, your, your women, your LGBTQIA folks from marginalized identities, folks from marginalized ethnicities. Like we, this is our every day. This is stuff we deal with. And yes, you see those spikes where the violence, you know, peaks through and suddenly it's hitting the evening news. But, but make no mistake. This wasn't like a new thing that happened. You know, George Floyd wasn't a new thing that happened. This is, this is what America typically is every single day. And I, I appreciate that, you know, we are gaining a lot more allies and a lot more awareness and people are starting to, to move towards action. Cause that's where we need them to be. Like, I don't want, I don't need to hear another conversation, hear another uh, news story saying, this is going to start a new conversation about race in America. Y'all we've been having a conversation for what, 400 years. Can we start doing something now? Yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as it comes to, uh, most recent attacks like that, like anti-Asian American, uh, anti-Asian American Pacific Islander violence, um, please do more than just talk. To, please do more than just passively listen. Like they are telling us, like as allies, they are telling us what we need to do. So listen to that and yeah. do something. And, and honestly, that is such a gift because it's so exhausting as like a person from a marginalized community to have to kind of always be like telegraph, here's what I need you to do, right? Especially because you're having the same conversations over and over again. You know, the, one of the things that's been frustrating for me this week about this is, um, yes, there were, there were eight people who were murdered and six of those people were of AAPI descent. And just this, this equivocating over whether it was an issue about race that is deeply frustrating for me because I'm like, okay, first of all, we know it's about race because the people in the AIPI community said it was about race. Thank you. That's all you need that to hear. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, you don't go to Atlanta and shoot eight random people and they happen to like all be Asian. I'm, Atlanta's a pretty chocolate city, okay? Like, <laughs> it really is. Let's, let's be a honest. very chocolate city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chocolate city. You so know? you got to go out of your way got to go out of your way and it, it's been deeply frustrating to me to for people to be equivocating over this as to whether this was an issue of race because frankly yes it is important for us to understand the the uh uh you know the intentions but it is not important for us to understand it before we actually speak out and before we actually make some of those connections you say know, that again the, for the people in the back yeah right <laughs> yeah that, that's the thing that's been frustrating because so much of the time i feel like that equivocating is just to excuse us from taking action we have to know every single detail we have to know every little thing about it before we Stalling. do something about it before we even speak out about it i'm just like why do you need to know every single thing you can look at it and, and honestly for people who i've spoken to they said well we don't you know we don't know yet i'm like yeah we know for people in marginalized communities 
We know, we, we know when something is about race, we know when people are gaslighting us, you know, and I think it's important for us to listen to people in AAPI community, what they're telling us, take it as the gift that they're actually, that they're telling us, hey, here's what we need, you know, and act on it. I, I think, you know, just to also kind of harp on your point, you know, all of us understand what it's like to literally live our lives under siege and to, to not know uh, who is an enemy. So, so really, you know, when I say, when we say we understand, we do, we, we really, we really get it. And, and we really understand what these communities are feeling. And I think, I think to your point is also very solid. It's like when people identify this as an issue, it's time to shut up and listen and, and find out what they need. And, but, but the only thing that harkens, you know, that gives me a little bit hope in the past year is for so long in this, you know, it's from our community because that's the perspective I have, right? You know, we've been saying that there are these problems in the world and no one believes us, right? Oh, you're 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 all you're just you're just too sensitive. Oh, you're always playing the race card and things like that. Well, no one says that anymore because the people that are against us wear uniforms, and and they they speak out, and all this is clear. So so that narrative that feels different. So so I'm hoping where whereas things for our community seem to be moving in a positive direction that we can also marshal that same energy towards our Asian American and Pacific Islander communities as well. Uh, because, you know, just because their stereotypes are different from ours doesn't make them right. And, and, and can I say like, we need to do something about just policing at least some people's reactions. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't, you don't kill eight people because you had a bad day. I mean, I, I've had several bad days. I haven't killed anybody. What do you right? usually do when you have a bad day, Travis? <laughs> I play video games. Yeah. There you, go. you know? How about that? Yeah. Like eat a cheesecake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Eat yeah. chocolate. Do something. <laughs> go work out. Go walking. Okay. Right? Or how about this? Read a book. Therapy. Get therapy. Oh my goodness. Well, but but even but even then, just the media's reaction, right? When, yeah. You know, when these guys are, are are killers, they're they're promising swimmers or whomever. There's always some positive story about them, and they the the police go get the Burger King and things like that. Oh my goodness. You know, it's 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 there's there's an entire you know there was a meme going on a few years, which is like if they arrest me, you know they're going to say these bad things about me, you know, like here's, here's some positive press on myself because these aren't the things that are going to make the news. Uh, and, and I feel like the media just bends over backwards to, to paint this person as just like, Oh, it was just a bad day. We don't, we don't really know this was racially motivated. No, no. He's, it's just, he had some religious struggles, you know, no, no. Guy was a terrorist period. Yeah. Racist yeah. Terrorist. Yes. Mm. Terrorists makes it much easier. It's <laughs> straightforward. Mm. Oh. Yeah. yeah i mean you know and, and and yeah so so we should we should just have that conversation just like our, our, our viewer said i mean you know people try to people try to push it off um you know so so it, it gets out of the cycle you know what yeah. i'm saying because people are like oh you know eight people died i mean you know what else is in the news and and it's 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 crazy you know what it is too like i, I find this this is one of the interesting things i've seen too because like you know, now that we're, you know, we're, we're locked at home and, you know, folks are like, we're going out less and stuff. I hope to get my shot in my arm eventually so I can, you know, be a little bit more mobile, not, not go out crazy. <laughs> a little, a little bit more mobile, you know, but 
uh, it's almost like like in America, there's an acceptable level of violence. There's an acceptable level of like, oh, you know, racism just happens, and some you know, sometimes it's really bad and it gets out of gets out of hand. But you know, like it's almost like we're we're comfortable with uh, a certain amount of violence, like, like as the majority in America, and that's we should never get comfortable. It's sad like, but true. Yeah, we should never get comfortable with this stuff because, you know, while we're while we've got folks out here equivocating, trying to figure out, well, did he have a bad day? Um, where's blood? Was blood sugar too high? Um, you know, like did he stub his toe on the way out the door? Like we're trying to come up with these asinine reasons as to like that explains white supremacy and racism and misogyny all mixed up. Like we're avoiding a conversation that is literally hundreds of years in the making and. You know, I've often said like, you know, past behavior predicts future behavior. You know, they say history doesn't repeat, it rhymes. You know, we wind up in these exact mm -hmm. same situations because we're unwilling to reckon with the things that were the founding principles of our country. And, and you know, we tell a really pretty story about like the founding of America and stuff, but America and many other countries have this same nasty history. America has a lot of nasty things that we were founded upon. And a lot of that stuff still continues even to this day. And unless we're willing to have these really painful, uncomfortable conversations that will require us to really be thoughtful and actually care about people. And yes, language changes. And we should like, I'm glad there's more words to identify like for people to identify who they are like, and more things for us to learn. But it's like, unless we're willing to make those changes, guess what? You know, we're going to be having the same conversations. Our kids are going to be having the same conversations and their kids are going to be having the same conversations. Because right I, now I, the battles we're fighting are the same battles our parents were fighting. Can I say something really quick? You sure. know what America has an acceptable level of? Racism. Yep. yep. Racism. I mean, right. they we have to say it's unacceptable, completely unacceptable. Because this are yeah. like our, our our children will have this same conversation. Hell, they are having these conversations right now. Yeah. You know, you have grade school kids talking about racism. Yeah, I think the, I think the difference. I, I think the difference is, at least lately, in you know, tell me if you guys feel any different. But I think because of uh, you know quarantine, because of because of this this lockdown, I think everyone has been a lot more comfortable saying that they're not okay. Yeah. Right. Um, that this isn't right. Yeah. That things need to change. And, you know, and that's been on repeat. It really has. And I hope, you know, after I get the second shot, start adventuring a little bit more out in the world again, um, that we don't lose that. Right. Because it's still not going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's not. And the more we, the more we just try to empathize a little more with people who don't look like us, who don't think like us. Um, I mean, this world's huge, man. And it's beautiful. And I, and I just don't, I, I don't know. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah. All right, yeah. Charles, cheer me up, man. Yeah. This Okay. We're going to move on from here. Well, let's have a moment of silence for those that did pass and all those that do have suffered through racial violence, which is everybody of color in this country. You know, let's just have a moment of silence for a few seconds. Okay, now we're going to move on to some more dark news. 
Zack Snyder's cut is here and in the world. <laughs> and we're going to, let me start off and say, I've started this movie over three times. No, two times. I'm, I'm going to start over again because I'm doing go. this for binge worthy. I'm here. I'm here for the binges out here. The other podcast, I'm going to binge through all four hours of one sitting. Wait, wait, wait. are you saying you've watched it four times? Or are you I saying you started it? it. <laughs> so I've gotten like two hours in, two hours and 45 minutes in, and I got to go straight through. And every time I start, I, I fall asleep somewhere. <laughs> wait, I, I, Travis is like, I see that look on his face right now. <laughs> yeah, you can't start that thing too late. You got to start like mid evening. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I was supposed to do it yeah. this morning, but I had, I couldn't get up early enough to do it. Started at nine a.m. with a cup of coffee. With I'm gonna start it at six thirty in the morning on Sunday morning and be done with it by ten thirty <laughs> in order to get four hours in on this movie. I see right. Travis is Travis is just waiting for something. We're oh, not going to talk about the movie. I'm, well, okay. I'm All right, let's keep it real though. Okay, <laughs> do you like wait till ten o'clock to watch Fellowship of the Ring? <laughs> a movie about uh, walking. How about no. the Godfather? No. Hey, let's crack open the Godfather at eleven thirty. <laughs> I could do Godfather eleven thirty. <laughs> no, you can't. Godfather eleven thirty. I can do. No, you can't. Uh, oh my goodness, you Travis! Before anybody dies, Travis. <laughs> Travis, did you watch it yet? It, twice. Twice. Wait, wait did twice. you get like two and a half hours in and then restart it, or did you watch it? Nah. Or the full like seven hour version. Yeah, no, yeah. The full seven hours. Yes. yes oh, was your version only four and, hours? And, and it's only five hours. <laughs> you know He's probably watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it on okay. in the back. I got a really okay. big monitor. I just bought a really big monitor, so perhaps that is the case. Listen. Okay. Okay, we're not going to okay. talk about it. That is on me, you guys. For some reason, that movie induces narcolepsy on me uh, <laughs> about two and a half hours in. Maybe it's because it's all the dark it. shaders it has on it in the beautiful cinematics. Okay, okay. Not. okay. I mean, we, we can hate on it forever. Travis, okay, tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Yes. At the expense of being a lone person here who has you know an appreciation for it, I think what instead of specifically talking about the movie itself um i think what it's doing is is it's showing us like what the, the shape of entertainment is going to look like in the future really or not just that but almost everything yeah now is never final Right. Yeah, he did. It's never final. I mean, to, to give you an example, I mean, I parked my uh, I parked my car and I got a, a I got an alert because it had to update. Yes. My car had to update itself. Right. How crazy is that? Right. I'm, I'm like, really concerned yeah. my car wasn't final when they sold it to me. Yes, <laughs> it's never final. Well, if you if you probably if you got one, it, you know, past two, 2017, yeah. probably it's not. Yo, I, I have a friend that has a Lamborghini truck and he had to take it in to get the upgrade. They upgraded the wheels and they upgraded the computer in it. I, I don't know what a Lamborghini uh, truck is. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it is as ridiculous as it sounds, Travis. Yes. He said, hey, you want to go with me when I take my Lamborghini truck in? Take it in where? He's like, I got to take it to get upgraded. 
He said they had to have an upgrade to the software and they had to upgrade my wheels. I was like, sure. <laughs> I, I can't even conceive. I like that you have to say Lamborghini truck because otherwise it's just like, what is, where's your Lamborghini? Right. Yeah. What? Lamborghini truck it's is a thing. It's, you know, yeah. But honestly, it was mm-hmm. a piece of media was released mm-hmm. into, the, in, in, into, the, into the world. Mm-hmm. Right? It had bad reactions, <laughs> to say the least. Right, um, extenuating circumstances prevented the, uh, the, you know, the the original director from actually doing it, and you know he had a he had a death in the family. It was his daughter, and 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 so he couldn't complete it. So someone else did, and I can honestly say after watching that movie, Whedon did everything I hated in Justice League, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and and what and what the fans did. Mm-hmm. Was to say said we're not having it. Give us this. Give us the uh, the the original director's vision of this. They mounted a campaign. It was effective, and now we have this new version of of the movie. And we just can't ignore what that what that means because to me, what it is is it's showing that. Movies now are becoming more like games, right? Yes, yeah. because yeah. The, the most one of the most successful products that has shipped in the past few years now got remixed and is more popular. And I'm talking about Fortnite, right? Because yes. Fortnite was nothing like no. uh, like it does now. It was a tower defense got- game at one point, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's and that's what I feel like is I I, I feel like. If this is the shape of things to come, man, I'm sure glad that I'm up on my agile because yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, funny, it's about it's the funny pivot. If you think about it. it's funny if you think about it though, right? Because really, Star Wars was the first time this happened, right? Well, we Lucas done remixed that like 50 times. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. So yes. Nobody asked for those changes. <laughs> yes, yes. He took a masterpiece. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Al Yankovic did. He did a masterpiece in Weird Al Yankovic did versus yeah. we made Leia shoot first. <laughs> so yeah. Hanzo, yeah. The next version. Yeah, that's the next version. He makes Leia shoot. But, but while she's honestly, in a slave like, I mean, outfit, she just pulls a gun out and shoots Jabba. <laughs> You're like, I'm out, bitches. <laughs> you know, honestly, though, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I know we're ragging on it and stuff, but I think it's really interesting because, like, I mean, if you think about it, this is like he's living the dream. How many of us have put out a <clears throat> game or game or piece of, you know, creative content, content that we felt like had potential and it did not land? And you think to yourself, man, if only I could go back and redo that game. And you know it's never going to happen because especially no one's going to hand you $100 million so that you can redo the thing after right. the first thing didn't land. So mm-hmm. he's living the dream. I'm not, I, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit jealous. And he's talking smack to the other guy. While talking smack to the other guy. You know, I'm going to be honest, it. like before, like I didn't like the original one that was released in the theaters. I don't think I'm in the minority for that particular thing at least. But like, so I was not planning on watching this new one, especially when they were like four hour Snyder cut. And I'm like, you gotta be like, I felt like you gotta be like a really big DC movie fan to watch it. But you know what, Travis, I'm gonna give this to you because after seeing what you said and a bunch of other people on my Facebook, like I was ready to hate on this movie because I was just like, do I need another two hours of what I just saw? I didn't want those first two hours. But now I'm like, okay. 
I'm not I'm not like repulsed by the idea of donating four hours of my Are time. Are we gonna watch this movie this weekend? I we can might we do it in a couple can we do it in a couple of sittings? Do we, we can't actually we yes. binge it, binge it for me, guys. Binge it <laughs> for I, me. But there's I, I just, like I there's, watched four episodes or four hours of Fargo like earlier this week in a row. I'm like, I could probably watch a movie that's four hours. Oh, <laughs> here's, 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 here's something that, you know, and I don't know how much of you know our listeners or, or, or people know about this, but Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg in, in, in the movie, he had big beef with the way it got cut. And let me tell you, like. And, and, and this is topical, very topical. Like, Josh took out all the really cool women stuff. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, Wonder Woman is completely different now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and he, he, he ripped out really Cyborg's story. Yeah. Uh, and those two things alone made the movie. Like, if, if 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 you think like, I mean, I, I I was just I was in awe of those Amazons. Like I was like, that is one island you don't want to mess with, Man. right? And so, <laughs> and, and just having that different feeling, period. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, and I don't think I'm necessarily ruining this, but plug your ears, y'all, if you need to. <laughs> On the real. Like the, the 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 main villain Steppenwolf, he had to run from Paradise Island because they were about to pull out all the whoop ass on him. And I was like, "How well dope done. they made Steppenwolf's armor was amazing too. How his yeah. armor behaved was like, yo, this is so dope. This is yeah. dope. They they they, they they did a lot of big a lot of dopeness in this. It's just that you know I'm start watching at ten o'clock at night or up." And <laughs> ten o'clock at night in normal people time is like midnight to one o'clock in the morning. It's like my ten o'clock at night. So yeah, it was it was it was tough. It was tough for me, but it's not it's good. But what does this do for entertainment, right? For a while there, games were moving to look like movies, right? And now movies are looking more like games. It really are. What wow. what are games going to look like? That's Maybe the like question. one day they're gonna like comic books. Day. Is that what we're going for now? We're going to have like the same game five different ways. I I think that what's happening is uh, what used to be just the purview of massively multiplayer games, right? Um, Are really part, uh, it's part of the course for every single game now because most games that you release now have some sort of online component and have a live component to them as well. And because they do, you have to deal directly with your audience and they'll tell you what's wrong with your game. Yes. Right? I mean, and the question is, this, are you going to fix it? None of this is new, right? Technology always dictates the medium, right? Mm-hmm. Movies didn't have sound. Movies were black and white, right? So as, as technology evolved, that got integrated and those things became the norm. So we're just, we're just seeing a continuation of something that's been going on for a century. Yep. Are we going to have a movie that's going to be like Hades, where it's out for two years, then we get the final cut of it, like two years after it's com- and two years later? I mean, we've already seen, like, we see that. Like, all I the mean, time. Hades got Game of the Year off of it. 
you know, like there's extended cuts of yeah. like the uh, of what the rings Hobbit movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. the rings. Hobbit yeah. movies. Those Hobbit movies. Yeah, those Hobbit movies. Stop! 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 Lord of the Rings. I got it. You know. You can watch twelve hours of Lord of the hey, Rings if you want to. That means there's a lot of hope for Advent Children, Final Fantasy Advent Children. I didn't. Well, that's a okay. On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be hopeful here, guys. You know, mm-hmm. Persona Five Royal Flush mm-hmm. may come out next. I don't know. I love Persona. Persona's a great. You never know. You never know. Who knows what's you next? You never know for gaming. So we, you know, they everybody. If you can do the Puff Daddy, do the Puff Daddy. You know, he who's king of the remix he, for a while. He, he there, created the remix. Yeah, he created the remix. So <laughs> you can do it. Don't be weird, Al Yankovic, though, where you make where people make a mockery of your remix. <laughs> So, I mean, he, he does a he, he makes a pretty good living off of that. He does, <laughs> but off of that as game developers, we're not going to do that. Could we imagine somebody doing a remix of Journey like Weird Al Yankovic would do? Ooh. Oh, this Journey it may actually be fun. Actually, I, I was saying actually, I think you're creating a new thing right now. No, yeah. we're just describing modding. Yes, yeah, <laughs> modding. Yes, yeah, yeah. Fair, yeah. fair, fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we, we're, we're still talking about Marvel a little bit more. We're going to get back into gaming, but I want to bring up Captain America and their inclusion. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on Geek Beast as well, how, you know, Falcon is Captain America, and the new LGBT Captain America is introduced in the comic books. And um, I kind of want to keep that Captain America a little longer than just Pride, more than Pride Month. They should keep that Captain America around for a little bit. What do y'all think about that? Totally I, agree. I mean, like, I always, I always feel like, like, you know, more inclusion, I mean, it's not a bad thing, right? And I, I know that there is, like, this impetus for companies to kind of, like, tie, like, like you said, the LGBTQ um, uh, Captain America is going to be tying it to Pride Month or just, I don't know if it's a one-shot or whatever it is, but, like, why, let's not make these one-shots. Let's, let's integrate them into the actual full universe. Let's mm-hmm. actually make yes. them you know, longer characters. Yeah. I mean, like my, like, I'm black 24 seven, not just 365. Yeah. Yes. Not just February, not just, um, not just February 1st through 28th, maybe 29th, depending on the year. Depends on the year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah depending on the year. Think about it. Right. Like there was a black Captain Marvel, right. Uh, uh-huh. They wouldn't experiment like that on white people first. <laughs> yeah, that, okay. that's where Captain. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, you're saying that's, is that's, that's there's, part of Marvel mythos. Right? Then, of course, you have your normal, or or you know, your Steve Rogers, uh, you know, Captain America. Um, there've been other iterations. Obviously, you know, Falcon was Captain America. You, I, uh-huh. I just think that if we're gonna do a uh, a a gay Captain America. Let's have that person hang out for a minute yeah. right yeah, yeah. Mark, right and i'd be interested in how that really plays into the whole story i, I you know i don't know anything about it so I, I i'd like to read it because i i hope it's just not marketing you yes. know what i'm saying yeah just for I pride month. Not marketing, right? yeah a lot of companies um, because, tend to yeah. they forget that gay people exist until june <laughs> If you're black people exist until February. February somewhere in mid-February, they're like, oh crap, we black yeah, people like, oh, I'm not gay anymore, you know. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> and like and then same thing for like it's right now we're in the middle of International Women's Month. <laughs> right. It's like suddenly it's suddenly it's like, oh wait, 
we should do something about women. Let's get that picture together so we can post it on our social medias. It yeah. would be nice to, like you said, to, and like you and, Sh- and my sister Sheree said too, like it would be nice to, to have our identities exist outside of just the month where you're supposed to remember our identities exist. Yeah. And that, and in doing that, like, yes, you take on some risk of like, oh my gosh, we have to like write a LGBTQIA character for more than a month, like more than once. We might have to have other characters that are like longstanding characters interact with that person as a There's human a being let, and not just let, as a symbol. Let, let me push this back. I and, think there's some, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Leon, I go on. Say, I, think, I think there's some opportunity here, right? Because I mean, we're at this kind of, as we were talking earlier, we're at this, this crossroads where we're actually trying to make progress on what equality means America, right? So if that's what the country really makes, then the mantle of Captain America should be shared among among different people. And, you know, maybe an idea to this is, you know, my, my son reads a lot of the Batman comics and they, they created like this Batman Inc. organization, right? Where they had like, you know, Batman people all over the world, you know, Africa, Europe, whatever, and they were all part of this organization. So that could be a model that they could take to keep these multiple Captain America. Because look, it's in Marvel Comics, right? They always reset. Whatever they do, Magneto dies, he's back. Jean Grey dies. Like Jean, Jean Grey is like, I just, I can't stand her because she's like dead and back to life every five minutes. But, but they always reset the status quo to keep their IP going. But yeah, like it would be more interesting to see a, lo- a longer standing take where they could tell these issues because uh, man, there's a lot of material there, right? Like you could tell the story of what does it mean to be American and be a Sikh. Remember the Sikh soldier a few years ago? Yeah, they were they were giving him crap because he had his, his turban on, which was his requirement by his religion. But he's still fighting for America, right? There's so many cool things that you could do with this. So I hope they really do explore this. Yes, yeah. uh, let's bring this back to gaming. How can this inform gaming? You know. Where do y'all want to start with that? That is the big one. We're people of color here. We're very multidimensional. All of us are very different people besides our yeah. skin colors being different shades of brown. <laughs> so yeah, the only thing I'll mention on it is like, um, you know, and this also relates to what Leon was just saying is I think sometimes companies maybe are a little afraid to like extend this beyond like the month or the week or the day or whatever, mm-hmm. because then it's like, oh, well now we actually have to, realize them as real characters which means i if you know if i'm a white person or whatever and i'm writing this character i might be able to fake it for like <laughs> you know like a week <laughs> like i need to actually like you need to actually have an authentic experience we've mm-hmm. all seen move we all seen tv media movies played games whatever where it did not feel like they had a character that you're playing or a character maybe it's an npc that did not feel authentic if, if, and you, if you, that's if you because, hire us, you don't have to just have a sensitivity reader. That yes, you, exactly. That you out every once in a while. <laughs> we, need to have, we need to have these people not only like, you know, in front of the camera, on the screen or whatever, but you need to have them actually like in the room helping to make the decisions. They need to be like at the table making the decisions. And I think that's the piece also that like lots of companies, whether it's gaming company, you know, movie, whatever, they don't want to commit to yet, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of the reason why our numbers, like in terms of diversity numbers, haven't changed in like mm-hmm. a decade. So I think that's the piece that is is going to be the challenge to get people to really like understand. It's not enough to just be like, oh, I put a black character, you know, there's a black NPC. Look, it's a sidekick. Why don't you, you know, is, is that not good enough? It's like, no, um, you need I to actually a have a black superhero, superhero and he has electricity powers. 
<laughs> they all do. Oh, wow. It's just it's just being in a room. It's just being in a room, right? When you're in a room and these decisions are made, um, you can speak up. Um, we've all been there. We've 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 all been there when we've either looked at a movie, uh, a TV show, a video game, uh, where you just look at it and you go, "Was there no one black?" <laughs> this happened like mm-hmm. you know, and, and the one that always sticks out to me that you know is Daikatana Superfly Johnson like <laughs> Superfly Johnson yeah like what the entire like seriously like like any black person would have been like do you know how many critical fails this is like all strung together like seriously like all you would had to do was had one black person in the room, and they would have went no. So, but that's but that's what kills me about these situations because honestly, hiring diversely is cheaper, right? Rather really than have to roll back and go, oh, I can't believe we did that, and have to issue apologies. You just need the one person in the room to go. Uh, don't think that's a good idea. But that person, it's not enough to hire that person. That person has to be in a position of power. Yeah, right. they, have to have a voice. they have to not only be in the room, they have to be at the table. The difference yeah. diversity and inclusion. That's why there's two separate terms. <laughs> and they can't be threatened to be fired. Right, right, right. Oh, you're such a troublemaker. You know? uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I actually sat in a room once with a bunch of folks who were, um, they, they were talking about the, the reason why we need um, women uh, at the company. I won't tell you what company this was, is because we want the women to teach the men how to think like women. So when there's no women in the room, the men know how the women think and then they can think like the women when they're designing the product. I'm like, this is like brain worms, please stop. Just hire women. All the mental gymnastics you just made me do there. It was it was wild. And I'm just like, just hire women, just hire yeah. people of color, just hire black folks, just hire folks, disabled folks, just hire folks from those. From we want those women to mentor people. us men on how to be women. What, what, were they, to, what were they going to get a lady upgrade or something like that? I, I don't I didn't want to think about it too hard because I don't want to like introduce that psychosis into my head either. So when you said that just now, I just feel like the movie, like, movie Clue. When it, where she just said flames on the side of my face. That's what I felt just now when you said that. That's what I was like, like, what? That's a lot of mental gymnastics you just put me through. Yep. It's it's like Leon said, it's it's easier, it's cheaper, it's smarter. Like cheap and we're saying cheaper, we're not talking about like the fact that there's a racial pay gap, even no, though we should us. talk about that. <laughs> pay pay people what we're worth too. But it's like it's cheaper because, like, hey, you know what? I'll give you an example, and this is not game related, but it was sort of game related afterwards. Burger King at the beginning of this month decided they were going to like release a full page ad and put a tweet out that just said, women belong in the kitchen. And then if you look at the fine print, it said, hey, because we want to give you a scholarship to chefs because there aren't enough women who like work as head chefs and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, if there was a single woman in the approval chain for that. Yeah, that would not have happened, or should not have happened. Yeah, you could have made that. You could have made that both funny and effective, right? Yes, like, exactly. So I, you know, so I, 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 I don't want to discount the fact that I, I think they were trying to be cheeky. It was just wrong the way yes, they did yes, yes. it. Right? There's a there's a way to do that, but mm-hmm. it's like you can't you can't utilize like you say ironic sexism is still sexism. You can't utilize the same tools of, of like oppression and language of oppression and then be like, well, you just didn't get the joke, chicks. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what your problem is. And it's like, well, okay, listen. Gotta learn them. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. What you gotta what you gotta make fun of is the is the culture of sexism, not the like not utilize yeah. the sexism itself as yes. Well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and if you, if you actually hire the right people and put the right people in place, you don't have to be a subject matter expert on every person's culture and, and every person's experience. It'll come up. You know what they should have had? Had a woman actually make that ad. Like, you know, if you if you make an ad defending black people by by actually trying to dismantle racism, the best thing you can do is have black people make the ad about it. And yeah. just promote it. Just give them the money. Gives them the money. The same thing but, with oh. women. And everything. The one last thing I'll say about the, mm -hmm. the the Burger King thing is that I think KFC Gaming replied back to them uh, to that initial thing and said, first they said, delete this. <laughs> and, and then they released a tweet that just said, women belong in gaming. And I was like, yes, I don't know why you have a gaming thing, but I'm, yes, thank you, KFC Gaming. <laughs> delete yeah, usually, you know, it's usually Wendy's who, who at you. When like, yeah. Wendy's a yeah. yeah. They're yeah. usually the people who'll be like, "Oh, hold on, let me show you how this is done." You know, so I, I need to find out whether or not Wendy's actually uh, said something. About I, I don't know, but I went they to KFC have. Gaming and I was like, "Follow." Yeah. And if y'all didn't know, Wendy's community manager is a gay black man. I know <laughs> so it makes total sense. Wendy, Wendy comes at you. <laughs> Wendy comes at you quick. That's Black scary. Twitter, baby. Black Twitter. Oh, Can't beat it. That makes so much sense now. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. 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 So oh, we're, we're going to move on a little bit further because we know, you know, gaming can definitely benefit with some more inclusion and diversity <laughs> longer than a month. Um, Comic-Con's canceled and E3's canceled. So when am I going to see you nerds? Oh, next right here, next every Saturday, Saturday <laughs> 1 p.m. In person, in person, in person. A lot of people oh. are completely mystified about Comic-Con and E3. Let's let's focus on E3 because we know we're a gaming podcast. What do what can we tell the viewers that is over this overhyped on E3? Like I go to E3 just to see my friends. That's where it's like we can all take off work and meet up in one place. It's like the honeycomb hideout. We're, 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 E3 yeah. is the most wonderful and horrible thing in gaming <laughs> simultaneously. And, and it's wonderful because, like you said, mm -hmm. you're getting together with your peers and you're you're catching up, right? You're sitting down at the JW Marriott, you're you know, you're you're at the bar and you just watch people go by. And, and that part is absolutely fantastic. For those who make games, E3 is a disaster because it's like three months of your schedule gone, basically building a demo for this show where you're going to throw most of that code out because it's all hacked together for the show. So from a from a scheduling perspective, developers are secretly like, thank God there's no E3 because it's literally saving them 30, you know, 25 to 30% of their year in terms of actual development time. Oh my gosh. It's, it, it is such a, I always, oh man, it is such a nightmare. E3 is always such a nightmare. It just takes you, takes your development schedule and you basically have to bend it into like a pretzel to show your game, which is not shipping for like three more years and make it look like it's shippable and playable and cohesive and fun. And like you said, add a whole bunch of like bumpers to the front and to the back that make it seem like it's a whole separate thing. And then half the time, you can't even reuse it for the next show. Cause like a lot of times you wind, cause the, the, the US audience, you get at E3 and the US press, you get at E3 is different and looks at different things than you might have for a Gamescom. So like, no, you need to do another demo yes. for Gamescom. Mm -hmm. So 2020, as terrible as it was, 
I did breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief for mm-hmm. that part of 2020. Mm-hmm. I have the dissenting opinion on this. <laughs> like the pretzels. Is that, are you a pretzel fan? Are you like, is your middle ma- name no. Ann? His name's uh, Travis Pretzels. Uh, he just likes to crack the time whip. TPW. No. E3 is not a surprise party. It's what? It's what? Not a surprise party. Go explain this. Right. And you know, months and months ahead of time when, when E3 is right now, ideally if, if, uh, and I caveat that, you know, it, it, it is ideally, uh, what you're showing at E3 should be some reflection as to where you are at as far as your, your, your game is concerned. Right. And so when you decide that you want to fork code to, to make sure that you have something stable for E3. Now, I know the chaos that E3 demos, uh, you know, bring about, um, but it's, it's, it's not shocking. They're, they're always at the same time. Now, uh, now that being said, what I, what I don't like about E3 lately, or the past E3s that I've been going to, is this sort of exclusive mentality that some of uh, some of these publishers have where you're on the floor, but you either can't get in to see the game or the line is so obnoxious that it takes you like four hours to actually see a game, right? I just can't stand it. You know, I, I'm like, if you're going to be on the floor, show and prove, right? And, and, and the great thing about having these electronic shows now, like, you know, these shows online is, is that mm-hmm. you're, you're, you got a front row seat a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the content is, 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 is there for you to look at. So um, individual companies having their own sort of day to shine, I actually think is, 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 is better because then you have that unfettered access and uh, you can you can sort of craft that message a little better. And where, where most of the time you don't have like 20,000 people trying to play your game. So you can just film whatever you want. Wait, so you're in favor yeah. of the online E3 then? Is, is that what I'm getting? I, yes. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree with that too. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, you know, Travis, if we're going to talk about like ideal situations, sure, you know, I could talk about how ideally nothing would ever go wrong in game development. <laughs> But um, no, but I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Like E3 is, it is amazing and it is terrible. And it is, it's like, I get there and I'm energized and I'm also exhausted at the same time. And simply put, like, I agree with you about like them, like you get to the show by the time, like, like, re- you know, uh, muggles, <laughs> folks who aren't in the game development. The, those muggles. <laughs> those exhibitors. You know, the time they get in muggles the door, and mud bloods. <laughs> I didn't say my blood just sounds racist, man. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> but um by the time they get in the door, I remember like when they opened E3 up to the press, there was that big complaint of like, I got in the door and every every line was already four or five hours long. It was really unfair. I also feel kind of bad because I absolutely had an exhibitor badge and yeah, I was in one of those lines. <laughs> and I know you guys were too. Because here's the thing, we're all gamers too. We like we play we make games, we also want to play games. So yeah, I I made deals with over like folks over in the booth next door. So I'm like, oh, I want to try that new 3DS and I want to try this demo and I want to try that demo, you know, because um, E3 mm-hmm. is really exhausting for, for game developers, not just folks who, not just because you probably spent months and months of your schedule to try and put something together. God help you if it was a hands-off demo too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hands-off, yeah. hands-off demo was completely different spheres yes. of, of disruption. Where you put, spent months for that one moment 
and a gamer will come through, a press force will come through, and they'll spend seven minutes and talk about how this is trash. <laughs> and so that can make or break your game. So it's stressful just in that regard. But also just folks who are working the show. I've never been to an E3 as a tourist, as someone who just got to enjoy the show. I've only ever been to E3 while I was working the booth, doing interviews with press, or taking in pitches. And so it's it's a, like it's a different, like when I think of E3, I think of a different thing. And I also think of, you know, I love times when I didn't have to go to E3 and I could just watch it any, any, on my computer in the past too. <laughs> anyone ever see the the show, The, the Boys? Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, there's this scene where Homelander is like speaking to the people and the people are yelling at him like, you suck, you suck. And he just imagines for a second where he takes his eye beams and just like mows everybody down. That's what happens when that guy says you suck. You're, 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 you're daydreaming, just cutting them right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things that's, it's super hard. I always say like my favorite part of the game development process is the end. It's when you get to put like your creative thing out into the world. You hope people will love it. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. Um, but either way, I would rather someone have a, a strong reaction with its love or hate than them. You just put something out there and they're just like, huh. But you know, but you know what? And, and this maybe this would be a good segue for Charles. When they love it and you go to Comic-Con, one of my favorite things at Comic-Con is sitting at a bar and watching the cosplayers go by. And when someone is cosplaying your game, Oh man. Yes, yeah, it is. It's the best. It is the best. It is it's one of the most amazing feelings. Only thing better than that when you see somebody with a tattoo of your character on their arm. I look in real life. Look, that's what? happened to me. That's happened to me. Like was it you, when, Travis? Did you get a tattoo of your own character? No. I <laughs> but no, I mean working working on Vampire the Masquerade and, 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 and Mage and Werewolf, I've had my share of people come up to me with full on tattoos of things that I have created. And it is awesome. flattering and scary all at the same time. <laughs> yes. You're like, yes. you're like, that's so cool. And you're like looking for exits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, we're gonna have Geekish cool Network bro. tattoos. Yeah. You're get it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, if anyone wants to tattoo like any art or anything I create, I'm like, I'll take that as a compliment. I'll be like, yeah. I don't know why you would, but hey, you know what? That's because it's cool. Because it's good. Actually, have you been drawing something today? Oh, I haven't drawn too much today or anything. Maybe I'll share something, share a little right. something. That yeah, I'm playing yeah. With what, yeah. What you got? Yeah, we're getting close to the end anyway. You know, we spent. You know, we talked about enough stuff almost. And this has been a kind of a light day for us. We have a list of topics I haven't gotten around to, but you no, know, we have so much stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we, we we floated around some things, but we since Comic Con is coming and Comic Con was developing their gaming presence, what is that going to look like next year? Because mm -hmm. people understand there was a whole pinball room, there was a whole entire this portion. There's Comic Con has a stepchild. It's on like on the far ends. They have the artist alley, which should be in the middle of the floor, awesome. and then they have way on the, the left side all video games. Like you have all the merch. Then on the other side of the merch, you have video games. <laughs> and usually Blizzard has the booth in the back. They want that space, you know. And they put all the games over there. But mm -hmm. I heard they're trying to grow the presence of gaming in on Comic Con. I'm Florida, wondering so. if like the future, like the future of a lot of these events that have had to go online mm -hmm. by necessity uh, last year and this year is like a hybrid model. Forever. Like, yeah, the on the online, like, you know, I've I went to several online conventions last year mm -hmm. and they were 
it was, they were awesome. Some of them were really well done. Like you got to interact with speakers. It was a lot more comfortable, a lot more um, like intimate in a lot of ways too. Yeah. Like, you know, there's all this pomp and circumstance around a lot of these really big events. And part of the reason why I said like E3s and GDCs and that kind of stuff, as much as I love them, they exhaust me to even think about because I know that okay, I'm gonna have to book a flight, possibly book a hotel room. I'm gonna have to get my get my schedule uh, arranged ahead of time. I have to yeah. make sure I bring all these things with me. Like it's just a whole bunch of like it's stress. Yeah. And just being able to, as frustrating as you know a global pandemic's been, um, being able to say, hey, I'm showing up to an event, and hey, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, no, no you can tell your employer I'm going to Comic Con, and you do yeah. it from your house. Click. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to take any time off or anything. The other thing is kind of not like. Can I just mention like, you know, one of the things that's just crossed my mind like since we've been you know in this whole coronavirus thing, there's so many things that we used to do, and I'm just like I can't imagine going back to doing. I can't imagine going back to a crowded convention hall <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Like, like day four, wow, like day four of the convention. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how technology actually forces this, these, these things, right? And I don't know whether or not we've had enough time alone to, to, to force us into that mode, but um, it, a perfect example of that, which used to be totally like acceptable, but to me now seems to be the grossest thing ever is a public phone. I like, you know how gross like a public phone seems now, like right, yes. like I, you couldn't pay me to use a public phone. No. I'm like, uh-uh. No. That's what I was I thinking about in gaming conventions picking up controllers. But for People real, sweat and everything through controllers. Or VR yeah. on your face. V- oh yeah, that's done. Yeah, I was done with VR yeah. on my face a long time ago. <laughs> I worked VR in VR arcade around the corner. That was the first thing to go out of business uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. but. But you know, yeah, we would fight people but, back, like back when I worked at EA as a tester. It was like, no, this is my controller. You label. don't touch my controller. It's <laughs> if you need to like do some multiplayer, you bring your controller over here, and then well, you back. You know, there's, there's also you don't some, wash your hands. Yeah, you go wash your hands. <laughs> there's also some thoughts here about tech, which are interesting with Comic Con. Like one of the things that I hate about Comic Con is the lines, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always there's always a line somewhere. You're lining up for people. Look, at this point, network coverage in Comic-Con is great. I got five bars of signal. All those lines could be virtual. virtual. And then those people could be on the floor spending money, which the vendors would actually prefer. But they don't get ri- they haven't gotten rid of that because that's part of the culture of Comic-Con is sitting in these lines to nowhere infinity. Because the worst is you sit in the line and you get all the way to the door. It's like, oh, it's full and you didn't get in. Right. And, and that's yeah, happened to me. You, you know, it's scary. So, Scares me is Hall H, the line for Hall H, and they pride themselves in it. I said, all it takes is one person to do a Mr. Mercedes, and thank God it's not happened, is take a vehicle and run it to mow people over. Because people at four o'clock in the morning, it's easy. People are not lucid at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, they they literally spend the night out there. It's like that's ridiculous. It's it's not healthy. It's not healthy at all. I wonder if there's a technical solution. I mean, yes, there's a technical solution. It's called virtual lines. But then I also think to myself, I'm like, huh. Don't have virtual lines for PS5s, and yet I don't have a PS5 right now, even though I've stood in lots of virtual lines. <laughs> so, like, you know that there's somebody who's immediately going to figure out how to jump that virtual line. So we got to, yeah. like, they got to figure well, out well, how to you make mean, it you can, you can tie a personal code to every ID. You can have a t- tie a personal code to every, every member ID. Everybody gets some virtual line. And you, yeah. can be, yeah. you can be grouped with certain groups. Like, you can be mm-hmm. in part of two groupings. There's yeah. ways to fix all this. It's, well, I, I, I think that conventions as a whole, 
are gonna are really gonna change. Uh, I hope so. They they're gonna have to right, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it's it's me wearing my DC comics hat again, but like the the fandom event that they did was amazing. I don't know if any any anybody here actually went to the to the fandom event, but that's where the Snyder Cut really got all its his hype from and all this other kinds of stuff. But it mm-hmm. was a virtual event, and it was amazing. It was amazing. The programming was I mean it was it, it was on it, uh, and, and it was the first time where I really looked at a virtual event and said, this is a thing. This is, this is, this is a thing. And, and, and look, um, I, I don't see why you wouldn't do it that way. I, I, yeah. I don't because, right. Because yes, there, there's, there's a certain amount of mystique to being there in Hall H. I get it. Right. But at the same time, why not give even a subset of that experience to, yeah, to, to, yeah. yeah. you could charge $25 yeah. tickets I'm virtually sure a day. And then you can anybody wants to show up, they can pay the normal Comic Con fee price of one hundred and ninety five dollars for five days, and let people do what they want to do. Because a lot of people, I met people that come in from Sweden. I meet them every year, and we go have breakfast together. And um, they never spend a day in their hotel. They're always in Hall H line. They always get in, but they're always they have a system set up. They always get in Hall H. I've never been to Hall H. Yes, ever. I just like. I don't like. I, I look at that. I know that's like that's a whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. I, yeah, I, mean, I would rather do other things with my day. I, I did it one time. I got in the college one time, and that was uh, uh, George R. R. Martin's team. I got in with them for the, for the, for the Game of Thrones conference. That's a, that's the only time I've ever been in. And you know, the other thing is like I, I like I hope that you know that we don't get into this mindset like we've done for so many things which is let's go back to pre-coronavirus everything like we have the technology for this i think we should take advantage of it and evolve it because honestly like with offering stuff like online like this it does make it more accessible for people you know yeah i mean there's so many people who like you know i mean whether they're developers in other countries and they don't have money to kind of fly over here and do whatever like it, it is an ordeal it is definitely, or you know, mm-hmm. a big, big ordeal. Try and go in person. So it's, I do hope that they continue with some kind of hybrid model. At the very least, some kind of hybrid model. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. that other people can take advantage of. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Especially for people, because because let's be honest, we we get it because we're professionals. You know, we're there. We're gonna be there. We get we get yeah. the passes. Way I can't imagine not. paying five hundred dollars for a Comic Con pass and and buying the thousand dollars worth of a hotel and can't stay in it. All the hotel does is hide my stuff that I purchase the two yes. thirty minutes I'm on the floor waiting in line for my limited edition stuff. You yeah. know, I mean, if anything, that shows you that fandom they got dollars, right? They do got dollars. Give them to you, right? And yeah. if Amazon has taught me anything, you know, it's that you know, if I see it, I can have it. Yeah, yes. If casinos, if casinos taught you anything, if you have it in your pocket, we're gonna take it. They have penny slots. They they start off big high roller tables in the middle, ten thousand dollar tables, and as you edge all the way out the casino, they have a penny, penny slot machines, literal penny slot machines. We're gonna take your pennies. And guess what? Why not take it all? And all and all our tables now take credit cards, so you don't even have to have real money. We'll take the credit too yeah. we're so, not going to give you we're not going to charge you a fee put it in there tell how much you want to put on it and we'll give it to you <laughs> we'll hit That's your funny. daily limit for you 
Yep, yep. Happy to help people spend money, yep, right? Yeah, you know, so and I, I tell everybody, like, if Comic-Con could copy anything from E3 is, you always put your back, your big vendors in the back corners. EA's the only big vendor up front for the most part, but everybody else is on the corners. So people can navigate and get the lines around the corners. Instead mm-hmm. of putting Marvel smack dab in the middle, like, why would you do that? <laughs> well, I, you know, then, I, then DC next to them on the counter corner, then Mattel. Like, why would you do that? That doesn't even make sense. By, by the way, I know we're almost out of time, but I really want to talk about Super Nintendo World. I don't. <laughs> Come on, Travis. Come on, man. Man. for Super Nintendo World, dude. Oh, the world. Oh, the world. That we should all go to. I've been there. I've been there a lot. I worked on it. Yeah, you got to tell us about. You got to tell us. About it. <laughs> I worked Charles, on tell, it. Tell us about it. Tell us. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's you amazing. Know. You play a video game. It's four teams. I can't say too much because they they still have their soft opening, and yeah, the NDAs yeah, yeah. still stand. But it's four different teams. You pick a team based on your wristband, and you walk in, and it's you're playing a video game. And like, so you, there's a piranha plant game you have to play, and then there's uh, you get coins, and you're trying to get all the icons in order to win the game for today. And the team with the highest score is the winner. But the food is very delicious. You eat all kinds of food. The games are remarkable because everything's augmented reality and virtual. It's not virtual. It's augmented reality. So you walk up to your first punch block, and you're like, okay, I'm going to punch the block. And they're like, punch the block. And you're like, doo-doo. You're like, oh my god! It's to the point where you had to put a dampener on, like we had to cut the block off. Then you go into another room. You know how to, you know how to have the rotating blocks when you're playing casino. You get to hit them all. You go, and so you got a special prize, and it comes onto the app. And you know the boss battle. I'm not going to talk about the boss battle. Oh no! Mario Mario Kart's fun too. It's not the Mario Kart I would have designed, but when I got there, they already had this Mario Kart, and I'm like, okay. The Yoshi I, ride I is interesting. Yeah, yeah, I need this. Yeah, I, it's you play, it's, it looks like you step, like you transport into Nintendo World. He's like, why well, Travis got a look on his face, just like we were talking about Zack Snyder cut or something again. <laughs> Come on, Travis. <laughs> Travis, like, Nintendo, I ain't in for man. that kitty stuff. I don't play that kitty stuff. The, the only thing I'm missing is like, line. so I, I know that one's open. That one's <laughs> Leon's open like, me neither. F that plumber. No, I was talking about Travis. He's like, F that plumber. <laughs> I had a hard time with plumbers growing up. I met a plumber. Oh, you not he came to our house. He showed all his ass one. crack. I, ain't Look, never I have same. I have said this. You, you didn't find the last warp zone, did times. you? <laughs> what did Miyamoto do to you? I, I, I've said this numerous times. I am not the Nintendo target audience. Yeah, <laughs> I, I embrace it. You know, I have grown out of that phase. And but you know, I I I, I respect the phase of good games. Say what? The phase of good games. They make great games, Travis. They make the same games. And I've played they do. They do make the same games. Travis, let us us enjoy this awesomeness. You don't have to come. You're gonna go. You know we're gonna drag you along. (laughs) Most games make the same game. They just (laughs) Yeah, but and and I'm sick of that. And I'm sick of that game. Literally just watch the same movie. He, he, we, we started this call with him saying the same movie was the best thing ever. But First now, of all, I didn't say it. <laughs> you can't have the same Thank movie. you, Leon. Say it again and one more time, Leon. I'm just saying, you know. And, um, and, and second of all, it, 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 
I don't know what Miyamoto <laughs> did to you. I don't know. I don't know what Link did to you. Magic mushrooms. You know. I don't know what Mario did to you. But yeah, but you might get your chance. Even not should, even not going to Japan because they're opening up Nintendo Super Nintendo World in Orlando, I think, in 2025. Hopefully, so, it may yes. happen. Yeah, I'll be dead by then. Hopefully. <laughs> He'll be dead, and he will be watching hopefully, the Snyder Cut for the three thousand four hundred twenty. We'll bring me or... Snyder's, yeah, Snyder's <laughs> Raven Child's cut or something like that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to say, like you know, I go by the Mushroom Queendom online, it's like that too. So you know, I'm excited about going you know, to yes, the yes, Super you, we Nintendo should go because I will. I'm not a super diehard Nintendo fan, but I can only imagine. I mean, we had kids playing some stuff, and the kids are hilarious. We're like, oh my god, look at these kids. Japanese kids are like, oh my god, they're going crazy. <laughs> They're going crazy. You're doing I mean, game testing stuff. I am so excited. I, I got, I've been trying maybe. to like, not look at news about it because I don't want it to get spoiled. But what, go, Travis? Maybe two nice? Asian two two Asian guys will show up at your house and ask to play with your Wii. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You're afraid to the the Wii Damn. commercial. The Wii the Wii commercial. The most awkward video awkward. game commercial ever made. <laughs> I'm sure there two are strange, I'm two awkward. strange dudes just show up at your house wanting to play with your Wii. Get out of here. <laughs> I think the actual wording for the commercial was we would like to play. <laughs> yes, we would like to play. With what? They didn't say with your Wii. They brought the Wii. They so we like to play. <laughs> oh, I'm the only person who made that joke. No, many people made that joke. See, once again, once again. It all, it, it see, it's all coming back now, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they would have just had an American in the room going. Look at Leon's face. He's like, yeah, whatever. We. Can we play? Leon, this is your friend. This is your friend. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. He's announcing a whole game library because decision. of the commercial. <laughs> he's I like, might he's like you, commercial's so bad. I, I don't want to play the game. I can't argue with the sales numbers for that thing. Yeah, that yeah. thing like so like yeah. bl- like hotcakes, blockbuster, whatever, whatever phrase you want. Actually, use. I just got on here listening to like a hotcake um, cat. <laughs> I, I think no, this, I think it was a pancake cat, but pancake cat's supposed to make it a hotcake pancake pancake cat. I just want to mention. I think this is of the Mandela effect, where you remember it just a little tiny bit differently. Yeah, what was before? Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I, I commend Nintendo for still being in the battle for console supremacy, because they're not even coming out with the same power as the other two consoles. You know, that's because Nintendo is not playing the same game. They're not playing they, the same they game. Are. Literally, they're not. And that's, they're not. That's a subject for another Tech Nubians, uh, yes. you know, uh, broadcast too. And then I can put on my hate pants, and then we <laughs> all do it. And we, we all just what color it. are your hate pants, Travis? Huh? What color are your hate pants? Black. Black. Damn. Right. We look forward to Travis with the hate pants. Before we have that talk, there's there's a podcast called Business Wars, and they have it with Nintendo versus PlayStation. He breaks down what happened between the two companies and all the figures involved. It's really interesting. It's on Business Wars. It's a Wondery podcast, and I advise people to to listen to it. I listened to it right before I finished it, right before it started today. I finished like nine o'clock this morning. Before you know, and I was listening to the last one. It's like a five episodes. They're like forty-five minutes each, That's but it's about Nintendo versus PlayStation, and it's really, really good. And one thing I learned is Nintendo is about experimentation, and and and, and Sony is about pushing technology. 
And I mean, and you listen to, you see the people that were involved that developed these companies. You see that. You yeah. see that a lot. Like, I you, can see you, that. they, cause he talks about the personalities more so than the companies. Like who drove these, who drove these companies to be these different things. He doesn't really go into Sega too much and he doesn't even bring it up. He brings up Microsoft, but business wars between Sony and Nintendo was a big thing. And he, he talks about why he wanted to do it because the PlayStation was supposed to be a Sony console. I mean, PlayStation was supposed to be a Nintendo console. Yeah. Nintendo console, yeah. I remember all that. Yeah, so he t- he does when they went to, when they decided to do battle against each other, and they actually pitted themselves against each other. They never thought about Sega, nor did they ever think about Xbox. They were like, "That's not my competition. Nintendo's our competition." And the Kindle was like, "Microsoft and Sega are no longer our competition. It's all about the killing PlayStation." Believe it. I believe it. Yeah. That out. Uh, yeah, so that's, I, I would love I would love to dive into some Nintendo history stuff too. Like this, yeah, is like it's interesting, super interesting, it's really interesting. And Travis can have his tape pants on for it. Yeah, because because <laughs> because the, the guy that took over the, the company, I've got his name that his father created Nintendo. He was he was a failure. He was like a super playboy. He always wore ate Western food and drove nice cars and stuff. He was not Japanese as you traditionally thought. First thing he did was damn near fire everybody. Well, look, you're loyal to I, my dad. You're getting fired. My 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 dislike with Nintendo mm-hmm. really boiled down to the business practices, um, and how when when they put out Donkey Kong Country, like no other game company could actually make that cartridge for that price point. And yeah. it was a clear. It it, it 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 was it was as clear as day that Nintendo cared about nothing else but themselves. Um, you know, because it was just it, it, like they sold that cartridge for less than the cost of goods, right? And mm-hmm. so, how do you actually compete with that? Like, okay. how do you do that, right? Okay. And, so, and, and so, at the time, you know, when when I was making Super Nintendo games, we would just look at that and go, "It's it's over for this round. It's that that's it's 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 over." Yes, 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 yes. Like so is our time, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, we'll keep that for another conversation because that's in the whole. We need to get back into the talking about this whole gaming business for people because people don't understand how the gaming business is. And you tell that a lot from Clubhouse and talking to people that want to make games or think they are making a game. I said, they think they are making a game. So, next episode, should we crush people's dreams? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. At At least we got to the bottom of the question, the answer to the question of like, who hurt you, Travis? And now, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. Now we know. Yeah. Now we know. It was Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong did it. Donkey Kong did it. I'm gonna buy a Travis Donkey Kong toy this this Christmas. I'll cut you. Oh my! I'll cut you. In Diddy, Donkey and Diddy, since they're both in country. Oh, what's up? It was also Cranky Kong. Yeah, no, no, we're gonna do it for you, Travis. We can get it for you. We're going to do it for you. With that said, we're going to conclude the podcast for today. We know, uh, as always, we enjoy you tuning in and talking with us and talk and listening to what we had to say. Um, the Geekish Network, as you all know, we still have shows after this. We have Pod Squadron tonight, and tomorrow we had Nerdtastic. And next week, fortunately, most of the podcast is going to be talking about the Snyder Cut. I don't even call it Justice League. I call it the Snyder Cut. <laughs> 
the Snyder Cut. We're going to talk about the Snyder Cut. So, you know, Pangeekery on Monday, Bingeworthy on Wednesday, and uh, Origins Illustrated on Thursday. We're talking about the Snyder Cut. Nice. Um, yes. Don't hate. Yes. We're, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I hear Mario's in it. <laughs> I would have watched it by now. Dang. White girl. Dang, dang. We're not going to hate. Thank you for tuning in, as always. We want to thank Digital Click for giving us our artwork. They handle all our creatives for us and everything, all our promotions. Thank you, Jeremy Germ 33 for donating the computer for our sweepstakes. If you haven't entered our sweepstakes, you got two weeks left into the sweepstakes. Subscribe to the channel. If you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to Prime Gaming for free. It costs you nothing, and it helps us out a lot. And remember, tonight we have Pod Scodgen, and tomorrow we have Nerdtastic. And before I close out, one thing I have, I, so I was always going to ask you in this podcast, what are y'all playing? What are y'all playing? Travis, what you playing? Hades. You finish it yet? Shanae, what are you playing? Uh, I'm still playing Legends mode for um, Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Something else too. Also, some, also various VR games. Okay. Nice. 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 <laughs> she's letting us know what's up for real. I know what she's doing there. <laughs> Shereen? I'm playing some indie games, a short hike, and I'm hoping to be able to start on Greece very soon. Do you like a short, a short hike? I, I love that little game. It's very calming and like. Oh man, like, I have it. And I'm, I, I'm just looking at it every day. I'm like, I'm going to play you one day. It's and so I, good. I bought it the day it came out. There's so many games I just buy the day they come out just to support the developers. Yeah, Those are, they're yeah. really nice. They're That's really a good, good one. That's a good one. Uh, really Leon, good. what are you playing? Uh, Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods, Rip and Tear. <laughs> nice, nice. And I'm playing Animal Crossing because it's summer. <laughs> I gotta get back into that. Yeah, same, you know, same. I'm playing Animal Crossing. Maybe we can all join each other's islands. Yes. Travis, you can join our island too once you get a Switch Pro. I have a Switch. <laughs> I will beat your ass with it. Too. Dang, you with the program. <laughs> with that said, I'm going to end on some peace. Love you, Travis. <laughs> I love you as much as I love Nintendo. <laughs> oh. Just a little. Just a little. Uh, all right. With that said, you all have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Peace. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody.